there's there's a lot of trends and i think following those big trends is really important and 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 it's easy to say that because when i was young i was like i don't what's it like i don't know what a trend like there's so many trends going on what's the right trend to go for and i don't think i really got it until like much later in life like what is a trend following and what's a trend that's not really worth following and i think learning how to like spot that i think it's really important do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and we're doing something a little bit different this year with some of our episodes. We're repurposing some of our favorite episodes around specific topics related to entrepreneurship. This month, we're focusing on entrepreneurship and community, us, we, our, together, and we're going to look at entrepreneurship and industries and different types of entrepreneurship and ultimately what that really means. But we're also going to delve deeper into the importance of community, networking, niche communities, and how that supports being a CEO, entrepreneur, and business owner. So sit back and enjoy these special episodes around entrepreneurship and community. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the IMCO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Ho Yin Chung of Remo. Ho Yin, it's awesome to have you on the show. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And what I wanted to do was just read a little bit more about Ho Yin so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Ho Yin is a serial entrepreneur with an eight-figure Amazon business, a mobile agency, and also a $1 million annual recurring revenue B2B SaaS company. Ho Yin has seven plus years of experience building remote teams and has worked with Fortune 100 companies like Best Buy, TJ Maxx, SunGuard, Cardinal Health, and Kaiser Permanente. His new venture is Remo, the next generation video workspace for distributed teams. Ho Yin, are you, all, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Yes, I am ready. Awesome, awesome. It was all those big figures that got me thrown off a little bit. But what I wanted to do is ask you for what I call your CEO story and hear a little bit more about what got you started with your businesses. Yes, great. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. This is fantastic. Thank you so much. I started on working as like a management consultant in the United States. I worked with like a lot of large Fortune 100 companies. I worked for large corps, realized how slow kind of they were and then eventually had enough of that and then went back to Hong Kong and then started doing a variety of different ventures. And so I did like Amazon FBA, like probably more than eight, nine years ago when Amazon first started and then gradually started doing other things like a mobile agency and currently right now I'm running like a SaaS platform to grow Instagram accounts for small and medium businesses called Rightly Social. And uh, that company was uh, fully remote. I gradually moved towards that model. And as I moved towards that model, I realized that I think remote work is the future of work. And so I started to create Remo, which is like Skype on steroids, like a visual map, like a game, but you can move into different rooms and have a video conference immediately with anybody that's sitting in that room, like a game a little bit. So yeah, that's that's kind of kind of how, how I got started. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, and I, I know we talked a little bit offline about you know how the future of business, the future of remote teams, how everybody is able to build an established business and doesn't necessarily need to be in the same room, at least, I guess, physically, but you can do it virtually, I guess, with what you're building. So I wanted to hear, I guess, a little bit more about Remo and everything you're doing from that standpoint. Remo was really solved, trying to solve like our own itch, which was like, 
if you're a distributed team, you can think of like yourself, you know, you're sitting at home and you don't have much communication with the outside world, except for maybe an occasional spike of a Zoom call or a Skype call. But in general, your interaction with people is very limited. And what we realized that over long periods of time, that doesn't do very well for hyper-collaborative teams, teams that require a lot of collaboration, like product development, product design, something that you know we've encountered. And it makes it very difficult for teams to be productive and also to have a really good corporate culture and build camaraderie. And that was actually one of the main reasons why we built Remo, because we needed a common space for everybody to feel like they're together in. That's number one. And then number two is we wanted to lower the barrier to entry for video conferencing. Not We didn't want this calling. We didn't want any of that concept. We wanted like, if I can tap you on the shoulder, which like in the real world, if you're in an office, I tap you on the shoulder and say, Hey, I got a question for you, blah, blah, blah. So we've been able to translate that tap on the shoulder effect online. And we're really excited because it allows teams to lessen the use of chat and more of the use of like human connection, like human, like human to human interaction. And, and, I, and that's what I, I really feel passionate about is how do I bring that human connection back into communication? And Zoom and Skype is great, but you know, we want to make that that human connection beyond just meetings. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And there is definitely an opportunity. And it sounds like you guys are fulfilling that gap where, you know, you have the virtual, the the love and ability to be able to work from home. But at the same time, you have that community right. feel. Yes. At, at kind of a touch of a button, it kind of sounds like. You're, you're right. So it's like we want to take advantage of the, the good of both worlds. That's exactly what you said. The freedom of working at home, but also the ease of socializing with the people. Yeah, absolutely. You have to be able to, to adapt to that or have platforms like the one you've created to make it a lot easier to adapt to that. So I love that you're building that. And you might have already touched on this. What would you say is your personal or the, your secret sauce for your organization? So I think my secret sauce for my organization is, I think really is that we scale or no, not scale, but we leverage people in a way that allows us to scale ourselves. I think at a startup or any organization, I think the the resource that, and I tell all everybody who works with me, it's it's, it's not necessarily money. That's like the, the, the resource that you don't have. It's actually people's time. Everybody's time. Like it's how do I how do I scale you as an individual more? And what we found that the, one of the best ways that I found is we. So I started off for like my fully remote company. I mean, I should start the story with virtual assistants. And it sounds like it's someone who, you know, helps you out and everything. It's it's more than that. It's asking them to do things to help you out in order to scale you yourself in ways that you don't have to work on. And it's and I don't want to say it's like you're trying to be a manager or not. No, like you still have to create the process. You still have to design it and do it yourself first, right? You can't tell a virtual assistant to create the process. Like go figure it out. Like that may or may not work well, depending on the virtual assistant you have, but you still need to do it yourself and then figure out what are the means of success and then train them and teach them how to do it. But that allows you can do so many things with you know with a virtual assistant, and that has allowed me to scale my lead generation. That's allowed me to scale my marketing. That's allowed me to scale the way how I do my sales. I have a sales team now. They started off as virtual assistants, and then they eventually became really amazing salespeople. That's how cool it is. Is that you fit? You're always surprised by how people are actually way have much more potential than you initially think. And I think that's like the most amazing thing. And also combine that with cost arbitrage, you know, getting a virtual assistant from countries where 
they may not be able to get jobs that easily. So most of our visual assistants are in the Philippines and they're in the southern part of the Philippines in Davao where it's not easy to get jobs there. And this allows them to have a global platform to work with many people around the world. And you're giving jobs to, to other people that may not have had that opportunity. Mothers that have to bring home the bacon, but they've got three kids. I got, I have, I work with someone has three kids and you know, she needs to work somehow and take care of the kids. But that's an amazing opportunity to allow people to do that. I wanted to switch gears a little bit and ask you for what I call a CEO hack. And this might be an app, a book or a habit that you have, but it's something that makes you more effective and efficient. I think for me, my CEO hack is that the ability to think in a really lean way. A lot of people talk about like lean startups and all that kind of stuff. I think, how can you do something more lean? I constantly ask myself and my team that. And I'm always trying to think, what's the lean, most lean way I can start a relationship with a new person? And some people are like, oh, I'll hire that person for a month after your interview. Or after I look at the resume, interview for a few hours, and then, hey, you know, I got a pretty good idea. And then I go hire them. For me, I'm like, okay, well, I think interviews are a pretty hard, pretty poor predictor of performance. Resumes it just means you're good at writing resumes. So what I've found is like, we do tests of actually having them do the job they're supposed to do and also having like a one week or a two week paid test. So that's like a really lean way to test someone to see if they're a really, really good fit or not. And it time boxes it in such a way that you don't have to... Nobody's committed, right? And I always say this, whether it's to a business partner, whether it's to a new vendor that I'm working with, you know, that says, Hey, we, we need like two months upfront, like two months contract. And I, and I would say, Hey, you know, I, I'm a traditional kind of guy, you know, like I like to date, you know, someone first before get we get married. Right. Wouldn't you, you know, you, you ask the same question, like, wouldn't you, I say that to every single person and nobody, nobody would say, yeah, you know what, let's, let's get hitched. Let's go to Vegas and get hitched. <laughs> nobody says that. And I'm like, you know what, I guess I'm a traditional kind of guy and that's how I treat business as well. And that helps you say, Hey, let's just do a one week trial. I, I was talking to a vendor and I said, Hey, let's just do a two week trial. And I gave him the reason Like, that's my legitimate concern. I just don't want to spend one month worth of, or two months worth of whatever of cost. And then just have no idea what's going to happen. You know, I just, I just don't know, like, how can we work it out? And a lot of vendors will come back and say, okay, you know what, let's, let's see what we can do. So I think that's like a great hack that allows you to minimize your risk. That, that's the key thing. How do you minimize your risk so that you don't make decisions or investments in areas that you know, might not be good? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, sometimes you, you don't really know that until you're starting to do it. And then you can start to make decisions based off of that. But if you start lean, it allows you to be able to make pivots or decisions based off of that. So I think that's a phenomenal CEO hack. And now I want to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And this is a word of wisdom or piece of advice. Or if you can hop into a time machine, what would you tell your younger business self? Okay, so here's my, here's my nugget. My nugget is like, there's, there's a lot of trends. And I think following those big trends is really important. And, and and it's easy to say that because when I was young, I was like, I don't, what's it like? I don't know what a trend, like there's so many trends going on. What's the right trend to go for? And I don't think I really got it until like much later in life. Like what is a trend worth kind of following? And what's a trend that's not really worth following. And I think learning how to like spot that, I think it's really important. So for example, like there's some key large trends that are happening right now. I mean, everybody's talking about like, for example, like 3D printing, you know, like 
machine learning or maybe blockchain, cryptocurrency or whatever. Like that's from a technology side, but you also have to look at trends from like an overall like side. Like like another one, for example, like AR and VR. Like we all know everybody's going to go onto AR and VR eventually. Everybody thinks that we're going to do blockchain maybe eventually. So you just got to pick one of those trends early and be able to get into it so that when that trend like takes off, then you're at, the, you're at the right place. You have to have that vision of the future or solve a problem that is a future problem, not a current problem. You can solve a current problem. That's cool. Nothing wrong with that. As a start, I solved the current problem in my first few companies. But then I realized that the real big opportunities are future problems. And yeah, that is where the risk is, frankly, because you're trying to make a bet on something that may or may not pan out. But you know, if if you're able to get on something early, I think that'd be I think that's really important. I I, don't, I know I'm trying to stretch out this answer a bit longer, but I'll tell you why I, I got to that nugget. There was an interview of Jeff Bezos, the Amazon CEO, and he basically said the number of people that are using the internet every year has been increasing by X percent. So he started Amazon way, way before 2001, like before the bust, and he saw that trend. So you can see, you can look at the numbers and you can look at numbers of trend of internet usage going crazy up or mobile phones going crazy up. Then you know that you're going to be part of some form of trend. Before it was mobile. Now mobile is peaking a little bit. So he saw that and he said, people are going to buy stuff online some way or another. And the best way to buy stuff online that you can't get anywhere else is if I had one place that could have not just hundreds or 200 or maybe a thousand books, but millions of books. That was just like, when he said that, I was like, wow, like it makes total sense that he started off with books. And so you got to be able to spot those trends and then just make, make a committed, you know, eight to 10 year or five or six, or whatever many years you want to commit to into that area and, and just be a real legit leader, incredible authority in that, in that market. And now I wanted to ask you for my absolute favorite question, which is a definition of what it means to be a CEO. We're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on the show. So I want to ask you, what does being a CEO mean to you? I think what it means to be a CEO for me personally is the older that I get and the more experience that I get, the more that I realize that it depends on how young, what stage the company is at. I think if you're growing the company very quickly from a young, small company to before it gets really large, I think vision is really important. Like that vision to imagine what that future should look like and what this company, what your company is going to be accomplishing. So I think vision is, is a really, really big part of it. And once it hits track, like once it becomes large enough, then it becomes a bit different. Like then it's like an operational CEO, not a visionary CEO. Or the visionary CEO continues the vision by constantly tweaking the vision and going for that next mountain and keeps on going for the next mountain, goes on the next mountain. And there's some people that can do that. You gotta, cause you can't do everything yourself. Like I can't keep on doing the spreadsheets myself. I gotta find, I gotta work with people who do it really, really well and better than me. And the only way to do that is to have that vision, have that leadership. And that's when I found that's how you scale yourself beyond yourself. And I think I, and I never got that before. People talk about leadership, visionary, all that kind of stuff. I was like, I don't get it. But now that I'm here at my point in my company, I realize how important it is. And I wanted to pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and our listeners know and how best they can get hold of you. I think for sure. So we just launched Remo. So you can go to www.remo.co. And so definitely check it out and feel free to, to contact me. 
contact me at LinkedIn. Awesome. 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 Well, I appreciate you, Ho-Yin. And what we'll do is we'll have those links in the show notes as well, too, so that anybody can follow up with you. And I hope you have a phenomenal rest of the day. Thank you, man. Really appreciate it. This is an awesome podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.